Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned, where we empower you to express your finest self. Living life on your own terms, making your even bigger impact the one that only you can make, and helping others in a way that is even more fulfilling and energizing. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Donna Fairhurst. Donna says, challenge refines you or defines you. And at Exquisitely Aligned, we give a voice to this all the time, but I'm going to read some pretty powerful stuff. So, surviving and thriving, a journey through blindness, polio, divorce, bankruptcy, and multiple yo-yo to God near-death experiences. Empowers Donna Fairhurst to live and teach zero to clarity principles. Pivot powerfully from nowhere to no now here. From nowhere to now here. Human being versus human doing is a choice. Choose to be now here. That is so beautifully stated. I apologize. I um, butchered it a little bit here and there. But um, Donna, you are an amazing soul. We, we're just now meeting. But um, yes, I have goosebumps to have you here with me. I am honored. And I'm just going to read that list to you again. Because if you are listening, I want you to really run through what is your biggest thing that is driving you crazy today? Um, for me, I've been through hell with my husband's health and then some other crazy things that were out of our control. But I just want to read you her list here. And I just want to say, I think that when we meet people like Donna, we can put other things into perspective. And that's what I love having a podcast because I just want to give a voice for a moment, Okay. Polio. Sorry. Let's see if my phone cooperates now. No, it's not going to cooperate. So blindness, polio, divorce, bankruptcy, and multiple yo-yo to God near-death experiences. I mean, just think about one of those things, right? We probably know somebody who's been through a divorce. It might have been us. I'm not wearing my ring because I had to have a cut off before my shoulder surgery, but I am still married, even though the ring is not on. But any one of those things put us in a place where we have that opportunity to choose. And Donna, I just read your list and it's mind boggling. I mean, I'm, part of me is very sad but I see your beautiful face and you're glowing from the inside out. So it's, it's that sadness then goes shifts to just being thrilled because I say those times can be frightening, but we have the opportunity to choose to be enlightened. So I'd love to hear your story. Well, I've, I've lived large and I've lived a lot. Um, I feel like I've had seven lifetimes in this one or that many lifetimes are overlapping. Yes. I didn't have just one divorce. I had two. And I had two Mr. Also Rands in between Mr. Perfect finding me. So um, 
I wrote the book on dysfunctional relationship, and then I rewrote the book on how to make it work. And then I rewrote the book about just live into it from your heart. Mm-hmm. Then um, one thing I missed in the bio is I've had three uh, near misses with cancer mm. and over 33 surgeries. Mm. Polio taught me how to be quiet and still and see the beauty in everything that was close to me. Blindness taught me that you don't have to have eyes to see Mm. with your body. I call it full sense awareness, sensory awareness. Your hearing is a thousand percent better. Your touch is a thousand percent better. Your sense of smell is a thousand percent better. And um, I didn't overcome that until I was nearly 12 years old. So I had a lot of time just being in the light without really seeing anything that was in it. If you were up close to me, I could see you. If you were far away from me, you just looked like a Christmas tree to me. Everybody Mm. looks like some kind of beautiful lit up Christmas tree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See lights and colors and auras and chakras. I didn't know how to define that or what that was or that not everybody saw that. Right. Um, I did know that it brought me great joy. It made me feel centered in myself and that I had spirits and guardians and guides that were always coming in and out along with angels to check and, and communicate with me. So even when I couldn't see and even when I couldn't communicate as a very young child, um, what was happening I had source energy that was serving me to move through it. And it's a lot easier to go through those things when you're a child because you really don't know that it is a a bad thing or a label. Yeah, you have nothing to compare it to, right? You know, exactly. Yeah. By the time I got to the cancers, well, by that time I I was in my 30s and, and I knew what was going on. And I was scared because I was on the other side of the world and I was shipped out of the country. Mm. I was into another country for medical treatment. Mm. My two children were left behind in Indonesia and my my husband was even in a different place. So that's alone. And um, I went through that three times Mm. in a foreign country. And when I finally overcame it all, I thought, I am going to live every minute, every second from a different place. I also had three near-death experiences mm-hmm. and one that I didn't remember that my parents told me about after. And in those near-death experiences, I learned that we are a thread in the field of infinite unity and we are connected to everything that is. Yeah. And I promise you, on the other side, I don't care what race, religion, creed you come from, mm-hmm. lack of or there of, right. of faith. All there is is love. Yes. yes. Judgment is a purely human construction. Mm-hmm. Over there, there is no judgment. And every single person goes to heaven. Yes. Believe me, I, 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 I vetted this. When I went over the first time and I, I learned this, First time I learned all there was with love. Second time I learned that we are born to be calm and to create calm and love and peace. And that's our job as human beings. And we are failing it. And so I said, are you telling me that Hitler went to heaven? Are you telling me he's here with me in this space? And they said, absolutely. 
There is no judgment. He had his place in the evolution of, of, of humanity and humanity changed for the better because of it. And he was the victim soul that chose to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at that through that lens, it right. kind of freaks you out, right? <laughs> and then you go, okay, all right. Also, all of those beautiful souls that we knew as beautiful souls had other lives that were tragic or trauma or victims or or the bad guy. We all have multiple lives as human beings. We all have multiple choices to grow our soul in amazing and dynamic and powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And my journey is is just an example of what steps I needed to go through my life lessons to bring me to the point where I could teach this here now. Without mm-hmm. those challenges refining me, I would not now be able to divine, define myself as a coach and a healer and a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're blessings. Absolutely. And I love, I believe we have those opportunities almost every day. These invitations come to us you know, some are frightening and then we can choose to be enlightened. The other invitations I say are um, intimidated and intrigued at the same time. So something like a friend saying, you need to have a podcast, Gina. Okay. You know, for multiple times, I wasn't in the right place or space to have a podcast. And then when I moved and was in the right place, and at that point, my, uh, my brand had shifted to exquisitely unlined. I was like, yeah, this, this would be a podcast, you know, but it would, it would, it was intimidating. I've never done a podcast. What do I need besides a microphone? Right. You know, and um, what, how is it going to look? And, but it was also intriguing. And we have those opportunities all the time. We're given those, um, little nuances, whether it be somebody, a friend or an illness pushing us to a place or a space where we have the ability to say yes or no. And I'm so delighted to know that you, you said yes, every time I'm going to see the blessing in this blindness, I'm going to see the blessing in you know, um, being treated for cancer while my family is somewhere else and, and not letting that become you becoming the victim, especially when you're a mom, right? Those kids are watching us. Our spouse is watching us. The neighbors are watching. How is how is she going to handle that? What is she going to do next? What is, is Donna going to come out of the house with a smile on her face or is she going to look angry? You know what I mean? I don't think you've ever looked angry. But, you know, so it's such a blessing to hear that you've been able to come out and make those choices and be in that space. And when you were talking about judgment, I just finished an article on judgment. And I feel like judgment sometimes comes from a place of other people having fear. Fear of, is Donna going to leave us when that next book hits the bestseller, you know, format? Is she, when she gets that title after multiple times writing as an author, is she going to leave us behind because we're not good enough, you know, or um, is she safe putting herself out there? We love her so much. We don't want anyone to say something negative. So there's these different ways that people 
I think, come to the place where they judge us. What what have you experienced when you put yourself out there as far as, because I'm a firm believer in love, I think we're supposed to live love here on earth. <laughs> I think that we were created in love, by love, and we are to express love um, in everything we do. And if if you don't feel called to do something, then you say, no, it's not within me because you don't, you're not doing it in love, right? If my neighbor asks me to pull their weeds, I, I don't want to say yes, because I know I would not be having fun and feeling in love doing that. If they ask for something else, I'd probably be like, sure, I'll I, sign me up. I'll help you two days in a row. Um, but I know that pulling weeds is not my thing. So what you said is just so brilliant. What it, let's speak about judgment first, then go. Let's go into love because let's. I, I'd rather spend more on t- more time on that. But can you um, speak more towards judgment and and how you see that as a human thing and and so forth? One of my downloads, um, very important. The the one that launched me into living my life in alignment with um, this principle is the calm principle. And um, I learned that every word that we say, every, every sentence that we make, every letter that we string together has its own unique energy. Mm. That's why language is so important. And I know that for me, from my experience, living from a state of calm means being in coherence with the field of infinite unity and the energy of love. So how do you create coherence? You're, you have two, you have a mental physical body and you have a spiritual emotional body. And when you bring those two bodies together in heart centered awareness from a place of calm and coherence, you create value in everything you do, say, think, be, give. Calm is the ability to have clarity, communication, choice, cooperation, and coherence. It's about being aligned with awareness, attention, alignment, and taking action. Mm -hmm. It's about listening, leaning in, learning, living large, laughing, and again, loving. And then you have to find meaning in what you're doing. It has to be meaningful, mindful. It has to be the energy to manifest. And from that place of calm, you can truly manifest miracles, big, little, small, and everything in between. When you are not in calm, you're in the ego mind alone. Mm. And your ego is wonderful. It's not a bad thing. It just wants to keep you safe. That's its job. This is my person. My job is to keep him or her safe. However, what the ego does then is judge. And when you're in a place of judgment, you can never have common coherence. You're in a state of incoherence and chaos. You're in the state of evaluating others, a person, place, or thing as good or not good for you. That's a place of judgment. When you're in judgment, you can only create problems. When you create problems, your ego jumps in to save you again, and it gets deeper. It's like and a then cycle, you compromise right? your values, right? It's an infinite loop. And yeah. the cycle repeats, and now you're in management. Yeah. In management, you're in one of four major states, shame, blame, guilt, or fear. 
when we're on the heart soul map that I was talking about, where we're in common coherence, we're finding valuation of ourself, others or the situation. We're in a place of non-judgment. We can create soulful solutions. It's why I named my company soulful solutions. Cause yeah. I know that it's, it's, it's a, it's not a, a miracle. It's, it's a choice. Yes. And it's heart-based and it creates cooperation. And when you create cooperation, the cycle repeats and you are able to manifest. And when you manifest, you are knowing yourself, you are growing yourself, you are flowing like a beautiful river mm-hmm. and you are glowing. And when you shine your own light, you draw like-minded, similar yeah. lights to you. And the lights that don't resonate at that level, they fall away. Because you are redefining the space of your being. Mm-hmm. You are now a human being. Mm-hmm. I mean that very sincerely. You are either now here and you're now here a human doing or a human being. Mm-hmm. My experience of being a human doing for a lot a lot <laughs> of my life was that you do and do and do and you just end up with a pile of doo-doo. It's yeah. not fun. Or exhausted, you know, I've seen, I walk, I'm very energy sensitive. So I'll walk past someone and I'll say to my husband, oh my gosh, you know, the energy there is like, you know, and we had a situation recently uh, with a, you know, with somebody, we're both, somebody dear to both of our hearts. And I said, I think this is going on. And my husband's like, oh gosh, no, no, no. And sure enough, a few days into it, the veil lifts and the truth comes out. And, um, you know, it, it breaks my heart. And I would guess you, you probably feel the same way when you see somebody who's not living in that calm space, not prioritizing themselves. And like, I was just, um, with a, a beautiful woman who was talking about, you know, planning. And I believe we have to plan time to, uh, have that quiet space or whatever fills your cup. For me, it's being outside in the sunshine. And I find that uh, Cleopatra, my German shepherd, if I don't take the breaks that I normally do, she will usher me from behind my chair to the kitchen and then out the door to go in the yard to sit outside. And it's it's so funny because the first time she did it, I was like, why are we out here? Then the second time I was like, oh, you're telling me I need to get up and get some, you know, sunshine and sit. And I like to pray or meditate and take a break from the computer because I know that I don't want to be harried or scaried or, or just frazzled, you know? And um, the other thing I was going to say, when you're teaching about like when we're in that form of judgment I think it's having awareness to just stop and say, did I just think that? Or did I just say that? You know what I mean? And be able to take a moment and say, why did I, why did I have that emotion? You know, why did I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm judging somebody who I love or somebody I adore or even somebody I don't even know, you know, where did that come from? Because I think when we have that awareness we can stop and ask ourselves, why did I feel that way? Maybe I didn't sleep last night. Maybe I booked too many things on my calendar. And um, so I love that. But yes, calm and love. And the when you were talking um, about 
the vibrations and shining that light. I like to say shine unapologetically. That's the name mm-hmm. of my ebook. Um, and I believe that we're here to light the way for others, not to help them and change what's going on around them, but by leading a, as an example and shining our light from our heart center uh, with our voices here, like on this show, with your books, with all the different ways in which you work with clients and so forth. And um, so I'm really glad you you brought that up. And I had a conversation with somebody recently that I would like to share on that speaks to what you were talking about, Donna. You had said about when we shift to that uh, energy level or vibration. I can't, forgive me. I can't remember the exact words. That the, the other soul map. Yes, that the other things kind of dwindle and fall aside, but the right people start showing up in like, you know, huge masses of right people. And or even if it's just one right person, right, that that better than 10 wrong people that are here to bring you down. And um, I had a conversation with somebody recently, a gentleman, and he said, you know, I don't know, all of a sudden, like all these people are coming out of the woodwork. And I said to him, do you know why that is? And he said, no, I really don't. But it, it was to your point that that does happen. And that's when we know we're in our flow. And that's when I think we want to say, you and I want to say cheers to the person listening that, yes, that's, you know, celebrate that moment and stay there and, and be thankful and grateful. Um, so, Donna, what would you say has been, you know, one of your most defining moments? I mean, there are so many on your bio, but was there one that you would say is like the most just and it today, right? So maybe five years ago, you would have picked something else. But is there one that you would point to today? I, I just gave a talk called Failing Forward. Yes. And um, because I believe that failure is a divine opportunity yes. to create true wisdom for yourself and others, if you'll only lean into it. Mm-hmm. You talked about the books and and I've been writing as one of the authors in a compilation series called Women Like Me. And there's mm-hmm. women from all races, creeds, religions, thought, thought circles, and they're telling their stories of transformation from some, some very dark and, and desperate places in most mm-hmm. cases. And and there's a theme in each one, like, you know, there was a theme on grief and there was a theme on your most important lesson and what you would tell your younger self. I said an, what I thought was an outrageous intention. I don't set goals. I set intentions. Yes. And when I set intentions, I declare them as already done. I write mm-hmm. them down. I am. People had been telling me for 50 years I needed to write a book and I never did write that book. And so last year, after hearing many, many more people say it to me, I wrote my New Year's, I always do my New Year's Eve goal list. And I write my goals down and I declare them as I am. And they're here on my desk Mm -hmm. on the side where I look at them every day. So for last year, my goal was I am an amazing, best selling international author. Four days later, four days later, my phone rang. And it was another lady named Julie Fairhurst. And she said, I just have to know. She lives in the same province as me, only, you know, two hours away. And she said, I just have to know if we're related. 
And I said, I don't think so. Is your husband British? And she said, well, it's my ex-husband. Um, he, he's not British. Um, I said, well, no, my husband's British and I, he doesn't have any family here. He's the only one in, in Canada, him and his children. And she said, oh, okay. She said, it's funny. She said, my brother-in-law's name is Frank and his wife's name is Donna. And I thought, okay, that's a coincidence. She said, anyway, why I'm calling you is I would like to invite you to be an author in my compilation about this series. And only have to write a short chapter, blah, blah, blah. And I think that that was the smallest one I did was your greatest lesson at that time. And I said, okay, great. And I just powered it out and I did it and it was in and it was a bestseller two months later. And we did that four times more. Mm -hmm. The fourth, fifth time we did it. And I was so excited because this was the one that I really was really juicy about. And I was so excited. And, you know, you're, I don't know if other authors do this, but you get the book in the flesh, right? And you take the book and you're holding it in your hands and you're looking at the cover and you're going, this is so beautiful. And you rub it over and then you open the book and you see your name and you see the page in the chapter. And then you just... Take a big breath, big smile on your face, and you open to your chapter, and it's not there. Oh. <laughs> and so you go back to the front of the book. We say, I, I, I must have got that wrong. <laughs> Page 51. Yes, there's my name. There's my title. There's my famous quote that pertains to the chapter, and my chapter's not here. And the lady next to it, her chapter's not here either. Two chapters out of the middle of the book have been missed in the printing. And I have just ordered 150 books. (laughs) And they are due to arrive because I am gifting those books to an organization called Women in Business, Penticton Mm -hmm. Business. And they, in turn, gift some of the books to women who would, would benefit greatly from them. And I am supposed to give a talk in two weeks and present these books. And I call the ad- call Julie. I call the editor. And say we- there are two chapters missing in the book. She says that's not possible. We did a double edit. It's all been checked. Mm. You know, it's verified. And I said, Julie, open the book. <laughs> Have you opened the book yet? And she said, No, I just got mine. Open the book. She said, Oh my God. Oh dear God. It's two of you are missing. And I said, Yes. What do we do? And she said, well, all I can do is refund your money and ask for a reprint. You're not going to get the reprint for probably two months. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do? I'm in this speaking gig and it's huge for me. And now I'm going to fall flat on my face because the whole book and everything I'm supposed to do with this is dead in the water. And so I, I, I got, I had to admit I was in shame, blame, guilt and fear. Yeah, yeah. For about a microsecond. And then I thought, now there's a way to make lemonade out of this. I, I don't know how. I'm just going to turn it over to my angels, my guides, and my guardians and say, bring it to me. I don't care if it's in dream time. I don't care if you drop it as hail out of the sky. Just bring it on. I need something. The days ticked by and nothing was coming. The week ticked by and mm. nothing was coming. Two weeks and one day I'm there and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And my angel said, just write it again and stuff it in the bloody book. Oh. So I printed out the chapter 
55 times and I took the 55 books and I put the chapter in the middle of the book and then I gave a talk on failing forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those ladies were so inspired to create freedom from failure. Right. They still got the message. It didn't matter if it was in that book. Right. Right. So sometimes you're going to fall on your face. Sometimes somebody else is going to trip you. It's no fault of your own. You just have to get up and walk the walk and talk the talk. Right. And if you believe in yourself and you believe in the power of choice, and then Mm -hmm. it's a choice whether to cry and whine and wail or put your big girl panties on and go forward. Right. You know, it, it's a choice. And the minute you make that choice, in comes the peace, in comes the calm, in comes the coherence. And it doesn't really matter whether the choice is in perfect alignment with everybody out there. Right. It has to be in alignment with your soul energy. Mm-hmm. It has to feel good and right and juicy for you. If it doesn't feel juicy, if you're not getting that orangeness on it, you know, from that sacral creative creative center, mm-hmm. it's not the right thing to do. Take a step back and wait. There's more to come. Right. And I think uh, oftentimes what comes is bigger than what you were expecting, right? I mean, uh, listening to your story, I think those 55, I think you said they were women, could see how brilliant you are to take something that could have been like a a sour, like a lemon. And you're like, Hey, you see that my name is here. You see that my quote is here. You see that the, I'm here in the, um, uh, you know, my table of contents page one and, you know, here, here it is. And I, I see that example as so much as being shining unapologetically. What a way you lit up the room to all of those women who probably then went home and told who knows how many people, like that'll stick in their mind forever. I, I'm a visual person. I don't know if you are also, but I am. as a visual person, you know, to have that visual of a book with pages and, you know, the missing pages put right back in, in a different way, shape and form, but in the same, in the right timing, but handed personally from the author. I mean, I think that's um, just brilliant and a great way to show women like, no, it's our choice to how we're going to um, appear in the world, how we're going to take what, like you said, something might trip you up, right? Um, and there are times where mistakes happen, errors, things get looked over, machines, right? Maybe the machine deleted a few uh, of the page, you know, whatever. I don't know where it happened, but you know what I'm saying? That we have to find... I like to say, because uh, my yoga background, we have to be flexible and find a way to like take that, what happened and find ourselves, give ourselves the space to be flexible and, and look at all the opportunities. Which choice do I want to go with? Do I want to go A, where I go down a rabbit hole of being angry, upset, livid, whatever, or do I, you know, think of, okay, like you said, 15 days later, and there you are, and it worked brilliantly. And um, I think that oftentimes, what I try to tell my children is, you know, failure or things not going their way might be an opportunity for a different blessing, 
you know, for something to show up that you never dreamt of that you, you know, who knows, maybe they come back and say, we're going to print your own book, you know, you know, where you're the solo author, whatever that is for a company to come back and, and help you. So that is brilliant. I am going to ask you, Donna, I, I like to always pull, I have to put it in front of my white shirt so you can see it, but from the tin opening to possibilities, these are journal prompts, contemplation and conversation starters. Oh, I love it. Nobody's ever pulled a card for me in a podcast. I love it. These I designed a long time ago. I think it was 2017 when they were released. So I'm going to just shuffle the deck for a minute. They each have a flower on them and a word. And then on the back, I'm getting buzz energy all over me. (laughs) There's a statement and three questions. So I'm just going to shuffle. And then as my finger is going over, you tell me when you would like me to stop and I'll read the card to you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start now. Senses. Your five senses accentuate the bliss of life. Number one, how does smell enhance your taste? And this is so perfect for you. Do you not think so? I'm thinking absolutely. There are no accidents. Every time someone says stop, or even those who have their deck at home and they pull it, it's always the perfect card for, for what we speak of in this in the podcast. So how does smell enhance your taste? What role does taste play in nourishing your body? Which sense makes you the most alive? And you can pick any one of the three or answer all of them. I, I'm going to leave it up to you. Uh, smell enhances my taste. I, I am particularly aware of that from being near blind for nearly 12 years of my life. Mm. Uh, I could taste the wind. I could taste the trees. I could taste a flower from the smell of it. Yes. And when I couldn't see it, if it was far away from me, if it was three feet away from me, I couldn't see it. If it was in my hand, I could see it. I'd already seen it through the sense of smell and taste. My greatest gift is clairaudience. I have very clear spiritual hearing. Mm -hmm. I hear great distances and multiple voices all the time. And I've had to learn to tune my radio station, my spiritual radio station up and down to block out some of the, all the voices sometimes, because there's a lot of people on the other side, a lot of spirits um, that have incarnated and haven't incarnated that are vying to get your attention at all the time, all the time. And it's the degree to which you're willing to open your heart ears mm-hmm. and listen and take it into your heart and trust the information that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent. Sometimes you're getting warnings. Sometimes you're getting blessings. Sometimes right. you're saying, take a pause. You're not listening. Yes, yes, yes. That is so, so true. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yes. No, no problem. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'll be It's, quiet a, it's an occupational hazard. I do it too. It means you're excited. (laughs) Right, I do. And you see, I have uh, my arms still in the immobilizer from my shoulder replacement, but my hands get all excited. Yes, I I definitely agree with you. Did you want to continue on that? I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how to talk without my hands. So (laughs) it's the way it is. I remember particularly um, when I got my first glasses they were coke bottled that they'd done a surgery an implant surgery on my eyes and i got my first glasses and for the they were coke bottle thick right 
And I remember at the age of 12, walking out of the clinic with my mom for the first time with these glasses on place. And it was actually frightening. Mm. Everything was up close. It was right in my face. That beautiful, blurry kind of sunsetty, melding colors that I saw was no longer senses like smell and taste and hearing. It was actually completely visible as it was for the first time. And I remember coming to the uh, crosswalk in the center of downtown Calgary, Mm -hmm. and the traffic was whizzing by, and I was just, all my senses were overwhelmed because I could see, uh, you know, the song, you can see clearly now, I can see clearly, and it was frightening. It was actually frightening. Yeah. And I had to stop. And my mom said, just breathe. Mm. Just breathe, Donna. You'll get used to it. Yeah. And I took a breath and I slowed down and I relaxed my body and I dropped my shoulders um, because my mom used to say shoulders, back, chin up, right. pull forward. And my dad used to say, you can solve anything. Just feel about it. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Just feel about it. That's yeah. why my mom used to say my dad was real as dirt. Nothing gets realer than that, right? So in that moment, I remember looking down at the curb. And the curb was like about six inches. Yeah. And it looked like it was like a canyon to right. step down on there. Right. And that first step into seeing reality mm-hmm. at depth shook my world. It showed me that there were multiple realities and that the reality I'd been living in for 12 years of my life no longer existed. And I remember stepping off that curb and then ripping the glasses off and just, okay, I know how to do this. And I crossed the street. Mm -hmm. And then when I got there, I put the glasses on and I looked at the curb. And again, it was like I was stepping up onto a mountain. There are so many mountains to climb in Mm -hmm. our life. And some are large and some are small. Some are a step down. Some are a step up. Mm -hmm. As long as we recognize the mountain and we know that we're an able climber, God gave us everything we need to climb any mountain that's in front of us. Or to sit at the bottom and contemplate for a while. Sure. We have the space to create whatever we need in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's bringing that alignment and awareness to it before we take action. And then when we take action to take action from a heart centered awareness and love. And the question I always ask myself in every situation is what would love do now? Right. You know, what would love do now? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes you can't feel the love for (laughs) a certain person, place or situation. (laughs) And I was at that stayed in one point in my life. And, and I would remember I was going up an elevator. I was going to see somebody I hadn't seen for a long time who was dying and had asked to see me. And we had parted in very, very bad heartbreaking terms. And she was a former best friend and she wanted to see me again because she knew she was dying. And I was going up that elevator and the elevator was opening and I was saying a prayer Dear God, please let me be love. If I can't be love, God, then please let me be grace. And if Mm. I can't be grace, then please let me be quiet. And if I can't be quiet, then get me the hell out of here. (laughs) 
And the elevator opened and there was her husband, who, by the way, happened to be my ex-husband. And I took a breath and he embraced me. We hugged each other. He took me in and I was able to sit down with my best friend of many, many years, 20 years and connect Mm. and be whole and love for both of us in a traumatic transition back to friendship. Mm-hmm. from a place that was really not friendship. Right. So yeah. that taught me the grace card, the grace yeah. principle. Yeah. When you can't feel the love, you can always be grace. You just yes. have to ask for the space to create it. Yes. And then and, pause. Yes. And I think, it, again, like I loved you said, uh, alignment, awareness, and action. And those are... Uh, I always like when there's three A's or whatever, you know, mm. but, um, those are so perfect. And I think having like from the yoga mat 20 years ago, when I started teaching, it's awareness, you know, a lot, oftentimes we're so busy. That's a four letter word. I tell my children, I don't want coming out of their mouth, uh, that we're so busy. We, we lack the awareness, but we have these choices and it's been so delightful to, um, give a voice to all these different things, especially to love, because that's a vibration I like to live in. And I think we all have that opportunity. I believe we are all, uh, have love, uh, floating through every cell of our body. I believe it's the essence that, uh, we wake up in and go to sleep at night in. And, um, you're just so fascinating, so brilliant. And um, I think you said you feel like you've lived seven lives. I, I forgot where I wrote that, but uh, you're a wealth of knowledge. You're, uh, I love the way you're able to bring the information in such an easily digestible way, Donna, because sometimes uh, sometimes that's not an easy thing to do, right? The way we feel and express ourselves, maybe and not everybody can understand, but it, it's so understandable and so brilliant. And you've given us visuals today, like the book with the pages in there. Um, they might have been a little taller and they were, but they were there and they were there <laughs> because they were meant to be there, you know, and maybe they were taller because they should be, uh, you know, given that bigger space and that awareness. So it has been such a pleasure. You're so delightful. I am so thankful to have you today and keep shining your light because you are exactly what the world needs. And for that, I am ever grateful. Oh, thank you, Gina. It's been such a joy to be here and to share your light and to lean into your voice and and the people that you are reaching with your message. And I wish you the best future. I know that there's great blessings coming to you and that you're delivering them too. (laughs) Thank you. 